Welcome back to Amud Yomi Misech to Megillah as we together as a community learn Megillah to make a communal seeim on Purim this year. We are learning Perik Aleph Daf Zayin Amud Beis, and we're actually picking up the bottom of Zayin Aleph. We're going to deal with today mainly Mishalach Manos, the concept of sending Mishalach Manos. We we'll also deal with the famous story about the importance of drinking or not drinking a Purim, which we're not going to get into, and then we're going to continue on to the Ain Bains that where we compare various phenomena, that's going to be the subject of the next few dafim, and we say there's no difference between, as we said before, Adarish and Adashani, except for, we give the exception. We'll do that with a number of things. Let's begin. Tony, Rev Yossi, we're now the second line from the bottom, says, Rev Yossi, based on the Gemara. Meshel um, is the apostle tells us we send portions to one another. The invitation is two portions to one person, to one man. Not two brachos, that's a uh, misconception. Matanasivyonim implies two gifts to uh, gifts to poor people. Um the other two gifts to two poor people. So where it comes to Mishal Khmanas, it's two items, one person. When it comes to poor people, it's two gifts to two people. Now I'm gonna list a number of different cases of of these. Yehuda, Nasya, center of Osha, Itma the Uglotlasa, the thigh of a calf born born third to its mother, apparently some delicacy. The Gavra Dachamra in a bottle of wine. Shalaf Ravosh responds back to him and sends the following message. Kaim said by Rabbeinu, our teacher, by giving us these gifts, you fulfilled both the mitzvah of Mashal Kwanos and also Yishrael Umatan said, you fulfilled both of them. Okay. Rabbi Shadalei Lamari Bar Bayad Abai. Rabbi said with Abai to Lamari Bar Mar, Molatiska Tiska Tikshava, a basket full of dates, Molakasa Kimchat Ashvuno, and a cup filled with a flower of roasted wheat. Sounds delicious. Okay, says the Mishnah, Amr Le'erabai, says the Gemara, Amr Le'erabai, Rishabai says to uh, Rabbah, Hashtam Ramari, Mar will now say to you, say about you, I chaluka malka lehave, the peasant becomes a king, dulkula mitzavare le'nichas, he does not take the basket which he used to feed his animals uh, um, off, down off his neck. What does this mean? So that um, as someone becomes wealthier, they tend to up the uh, amount of gifts they're giving. Okay, but by doing so, by doing so, sorry, someone's at the door. Now, by doing so, you show your status. However, you, he says, you, Abraba, you send Murray ordinary gifts that do not befit your new status. Okay, next. Hadar Shadarle Ihu, so Mari Mar sends back to Rabba, Molitikska the Zangvili, a basket full of ginger, which I don't like. Umalikasa de Kuli Arucha, the cup full of long peppers. On Rabaye, Ashtar Mar, on the Shadirle Hulia, I sent him sweet foods, Vihu Shadarle Hulipa, he sent me back bitter ones. On Rabaye, Kinavim Bebemar, Havishivna, when I left the master's home, this is Rabba's house, I was full. Kimati at Lahasim, when I arrived there, I was so hungry. Kirvali shitin si'i di shitin mini kreda. They brought me 60 plates full of 60 types of foods. Vachabu shitin plugin. I ate all 60 pieces. And then, Ubishli Bartarsa, the last dish they gave me, Havikarli tsili kreda, they called it pot roast. Ubay limchitai arena. And after eating it, I wanted to eat the plate. Or more accurately, it's I actually I ate the plate. This is my favorite gemara. Why? Because I sometimes feel I'm so hungry. Not only do I eat the food, I eat the plate as well. Amar Bai. So the Bai, how did you come to Inchi? This is what people say. Kofin inu v'loyado. A poor person does not know he's hungry. Inami rachva l'usume. Shifa. Everyone's favorite expression that there's always room for dessert. I mean, room can always be found for sweet things. Even if you eat so much, there's still room afterwards for the pot roast. Great. This is uh, everyone. This is Judah's favorite uh, dessert. It incorporates meat. Okay. 
They exchange a perm piece for one another. So they they kill two birds with one stone here, and that way they would each would take their pseudo, they give it to the other person. Now they'd have pseudo's perm and also have they'd also now give Michelle Monos. And just want to throw out there, and we're gonna stop because this is a, again this year last year, you can find on my other podcast, or I can give it again this year. That what's the purpose of Michelle Monos? The purpose of Michelle Monos might actually be to provide food for the pseudo. So that we could possibly learn out of this Gemara here, but also could be the purpose of it is to create Reyes and, and Achva, people to get brotherly love. Okay, Omarab, this is the Gemara. Today I'm just quoting a lot of favorites. So this is every Yeshiva of favorite Gemara. Machayev Inish Lubisumi Paraya Ad Liyadav Ar Hamim Lubarach Mordechai. Or as they say, Machayev Inish Lubisumi. So every person is obligated to come intoxicated with wine on Purim until they do not, they do not know the difference between cursed as Haman and blessed Mordechai. Rabbi Rav Zera of the Suda Puri Bahadi Hadadi. So Rab Rab and Rav Zera had the perfumes together. Ibu, so they came. They became intoxicated, very intoxicated. Come Rabbi shechted Rav Zera. So Rabbi rose up and he he shechted. The word shechted seems to mean he he slaughtered him. Rav Zera. Next day he realized what happened. He prays and Rav Zera is uh, revived. The Shana Amar lays. So next year Rabbi comes to Rav Zera. Goes no Zera. Come on, come on over again. We had a great time last year. Nisimar Novin Suda before Hadadi. He goes come on, let's, let's do this perm. Let's do this perm thing again. I'm there. There, so there says to him, "Look, the whole shaita, the shaita, that's rashi nisa." Sorry, a miracle doesn't occur every year, as in last year, if you recall, it didn't work out so well for us. Actually, of course, there's, a, there's multiple ways to read the Gemara. You can read the Gemara as a person has an obligation, and then we see the Gemara is just cautioning, "Don't get to the stage of robber of zero. Or the way Rabbeinu Ephraim actually learns the Gemara, um, starting to be a party pooper here, he actually says that robber of zero, that Gemara is qualifying. Or uh, the story and saying this that Rabbi says the person should become so intoxicated. Well, it didn't work out well for Zero, so uh, maybe you shouldn't do it as well. Okay, however, it is we're not going to get into the debate, but people should always drink responsibly and recognize that there are people around us who struggle with alcohol consumption and therefore be mindful of that as well. Omar Rava says Rava, Suda Puri Shachavalayla. Person needs to perform feast at night. We got to us. They don't fulfill their obligation. My time is because it says you may miss to be simple because the pasuk tells us it should be done days of feasting and gladness, not Laila. And therefore, we see a person should only be suited during the day. Although the Ramah puts out, there's still an Indian to have some sort of suit at night, not as grand, but to have some sort of suit at night. That's also um, that's also as a key. And there's a halacha there. There's a minhag that Ramah brings down. But again, the Iker suit is during the day. Rav Asha have Yosef Kamei Derev Kahana. Rav Asha was sitting with Rav Kahana. And it grew late, and the rabbis did not arrive. I'm relay. So Rav Asha says to Rav Kahana, my time with Yosef Rabbana, where are they? Didn't want to be suited for him. Maybe they're uh, sort of Rav Kahana says, oh, maybe they're busy eating the Purim feast. They can't eat the perm feast at night. Perm feast, the only fulfilling obligation of the day. You may miss to the simcha. So Did you not hear what Rabbi said? If you eat a suit perm at night, you don't fulfill your obligation. So he said, I've heard it. And therefore, um, he, 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 uh, uh, so it seemed like he, he it 40 times so that he scared his memory and he wouldn't forget this that he initially thought that uh, he was he, he, in fact he, he, they were eating the suit he said no you can't fill your suit at night and therefore they forgot it okay Adka says the Mishnah this Mishnah began the Ein Bates aiming Yomtev for Shabbos there's no difference between Yomtev and Shabbos Ella and you can write fill in the blank here I'll give you a second to think about it what's the difference between Shabbos and Yomtev Ochonach Shabbat that you can prepare for food on Yom Tov. Now, how much food can you prepare? Can you everything? Can you uh, can you uh, go and plant on, on Yom Tov? We're not going to get into that now, of course. But that can be a subject of another year. Come back and remind me. I'll tell you all. We can tell you all about it. That's a great tomorrow. Point is, great halacha, that 
On Yom Tif, one could do things for Ochel Nefesh, and Shabbos, one can't do. Hal Ini Machshir Ochel Nefesh, so the implication is there's no difference between them. That would mean when it comes to the Machshir Ochel Nefesh, the preparatory things, let's say you're allowed to shechle on Yom Tif, but you can't sharpen the blade, the knife on Yom Tif, Zev is Both Shabbos and Yom Tif are equal, that one's not allowed to do the preparatory actions for Ochel Nefesh on Yom Tif. Masnis look at Rabbi Yehuda. So our mission is not far, Yehuda, the tiny, because it was learned in the following Braissa. Ein ben yom de l'shabes, el ochel nefesh. There's no difference between yom de l'shabes except for ochel nefesh. Rehuda mater, apachir ochel nefesh. Rehuda comes along and says, actually, you can even do the machshire, the preparatory actions. You can sharpen the blade, seemingly, although that's a bad example, but you can do things to prepare for, you can prepare for, um, to prepare for, for consuming food or make cooking food on yom tif. My time to have comes. Now the Gemara's going to know, why is it? That the Tanakama thinks you're not allowed to, whereas we, we, Yehuda thinks you can, and we're going to see they both learn out of Psukim. So we're talking about the Orises here, very important. Amr Krav, the Pasuk says as follows. We're talking about Yom Tif. We're saying on the first day and the seventh day is holy. This is Passover, um, meaning the middle days are Chochem Oed. It's holy to you. You shouldn't do any work on them. With the exception of the things you need for an Ochel Nefesh, who levade those alone? Yasa the you could do for yourself. So again, Apostle tells us that you're not allowed to do any work, with the exception of things that are ochel nefesh. Zokt the gemore says the gemore. Amar kra who v'lo So our Tanakhama says you can do that, meaning that alone that you need for ochel nefesh. You can do, but not the machshiri ochel nefesh. Things that are preparing for ochel nefesh, such as sharpening the blade. Yehuda says no. What lechem? Lechem we need. Lechem lechol terchechem. Lechem tells us you can do for yourself, as in anything you need for your needs. Lechem not for you, but rather for all your needs. Meaning to say anything that that you need in order to cook, whether it's directly cooking or directly involved in the food process, or it's machshirim, uh, you're allowed to do. Vidach nami. So the Tanakhama, what do they do with the word lechem? Why is it an extra word for you? Haksiv lechem. Teach us lechem below the avodim chavim. Lechem below the klavim. For you, you can cook. You can't cook for idolaters, for non-Jews. You can't cook for you can't cook for your animals. As in, this is special dispensation on Yom Tif that one's allowed to involve himself in, in what otherwise would be forbidden in order to cook for yourself. Or, but you're not allowed to do it for idolaters. You're not allowed to do it for dogs. The other way to look at this, by the way, is that the the the, the halacha when it comes to you, Yom Tif is there are only things that are halachas that are prohibited, and the Torah never prohibited cooking just for yourself. Okay. So this is actually a halacha. We actually mentioned we, we mentioned this previously because one's not supposed to invite non-Jews over for Yom Tov meals because you might come to cook for them, and that's an actualist draisa. You're cooking on Yom Tov. Great. Vidach Nami, according to um, Rabbi Yehuda. So what does he do with uh, with who? Right. Um, so what does he do with who? Haksiv who? What does he do with that? So he says Ksiv who? Ksiv lachem. It says that and Ksiv for you. So Rambuda as well, he doesn't give a total blanket hat there to engage in any sort of things that somehow will involve food or any preparations that will somehow involve the preparation of food. It's things that will only can only be done on Yom itself, he allows, such as perhaps cutting down wood for the fire. But he won't let you go and build, make a knife from scratch. It's only things that could not have been done on Erev Yom that he allows you to do on Yom even though it's only preparation for eating. Okay, next. Even Shabbos Yom Kippur, there's no difference between Shabbos Yom Kippur, with the exception of Shabbos, a person gets punished in court if they're found guilty of liable, amazed, they get they get they get they get killed by man. Whereas Yom Kippur, a person gets kares, which is which is a heavenly punishment. 
Hall Indian Tashlumun, Zebazai Shab, when it comes to monetary payment, these are these are equal. What the Allah here says a concept called Kum Labadur Rabbin That is, if a person is obligated to or found liable for two punishments, we give him the more severe one, and he's exempt from the less severe one. The case would be a person goes and burns down someone's field on Yamtith. Or or better the case would be a person burns down someone's field and in the process kills someone, so they're only liable for the killing, they're not liable, and again, assuming it's intentional, they're not liable. For the uh, the monetary damage here, a person as well, a person uh, burns a field on Yom Kippur. They're they're liable for violating Yom Kippur. They're not liable for the monetary damages that they must pay. So again, while Shabbos and Yom Tov are split in terms of the punishment, Shabbos a person gets punished by courts. Yom Tov a person gets punished with kares, which is heavenly courts. They they're they're, they're analogous, the same when it comes to kum lebe that they're both um, they're both exempt from monetary payments. Money must need to who's author mission or be. Rabbi Nechunya ben Akanahi. It's Rabbi Nechunya ben Akanah. The Tanya, because they're talking about Rabbi Nechunya ben Akanah. I also Yom Kippur Shabbat Shlumin. He said that just as Yom Kippur and Shabbos are the same with regard to monetary payment. Ma'ash Shabbos just as Shabbos. B'schay v'nafsho, but the Menachah Shlumin. If you get death penalties, you get the more severe punishment. You're exempt from monetary payment. Now Yom Kippur, B'schay v'nafsho, but the Menachah Shlumin. The same exists for Yom Kippur. Tanya, as we learned elsewhere, Kol Chayav Priestus Shlokan Nifter Midik Priestus. Anyone who is liable for kares, which is punishment by. Uh, by, by God, and then they got Malchus, they get flogged in court, they then become exempt from Karis, that absolves them from their Karis. Shinebra, because the Apostle says, Nikla Achicha Beinecha, as it says, and your brother should be demeaned before your eyes. So this tells us, once he's been, uh, he got Malchus, he's now considered your brother. Again, this is more for another time, but basically it says, your brother should get hit. Once you hit him, it says, now you've restored him, he's, he's, he's gotten, he's gotten, he's done his tshuva, he's not restored to his previous status as your brother. Well, if he's your brother, he's certainly not going to get karis. So the implication here is, is that if a person is liable for karis, punishable by death from heaven, and then the heaven, the, the bezdin, the earthly courts, flog him, he now has done full tshuva. Omer of Yochlin, Chluk and Olav Chavir, Rav Chanina ben Gamliel. Their Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel's colleagues disagree with him. Um, how do we know that? So we actually see it for our Mishnah. What's Amr Rav? Amr Be Rav. They say the school of Rav. Tanina. We have a, we have a brisa which can prove that if a person gets Malchus, they're not absolved from Karis. And what's the brisa? Well, sorry, we have a Mishnah that teaches us. And what's the Mishnah? Our very Mishnah. Because we said, Ain ben Yom Kippur l'Shabbos. There's no difference between Yom Kippur and Shabbos. El Shazet don't be Adam Zet don't be Karis. Because except Shabbos, you get punished in human court, and Karis get punished in heavenly court. Now, if you tell me that lashes would exempt you from being punished, so then we can say is both Yom Kippur and Shabbos do get punished in the earthly court. Namely, Shabbos you get stoned, and Yom Kippur you get Malchus. Right? That's that's pretty. It's pretty good. So the fact that our mission doesn't say that clearly think that you don't get Malchus for things are Karis. So I'm Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman rejects this. This is Rav Yitzchak. There are Malchus with high priests. Let go. Who says there's no penalty for Malkas when one's liable for, for Karis? The Tanik looked at a Brisa, reads like Omer, Chayiv Karis is Bufahayu, that it says all forbidden unions get Karis. Okay, fine. Meaning to say the Torah says whoever commits any of these Toevas gets Karis, that includes all of them. So then the Torah singles out, even if one has a relationship with the sister, why is it singled out? The Deed of a Karis love Malkas. So Read success, teach us. That if someone gets kares, they do not get lashes, and by extension, any kares bearing sin does not carry the penalty of lashes. Okay, Ravashi Omer. Uh, so, but what does that teach us? That teaches us that 
Our Mishnah, however, that our Mishnah is from Yitzhak, who says that the only difference between Shabbos and Yom is one gets punished in the heavenly court, one gets punished in the earthly court. Um, whereas we had another Bryce that said, no, they both get punished in the earthly court because a person that gets Karis also gets Malchus. Um, Rabbi Ashi says, no, I feel like Rabbana. Maybe you could say that our Mishnah follows the Rabbana. All right, one minute, but our Mishnah, the Mishnah follows the rabbis. Well, where's the, how, then there is another difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos, and that is, they, excuse me, there is no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos because both of them get punished in the earthly court. So says, no. Our Mishnah is not saying this is an exhaustive list of the similarities and differences between Yom Kippur and Shabbos. After all, I'm sure we can find many other differences. We're talking about the main, when you look at the, the whole, mainly, the, the most, um, the, 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 the broadest level, so Shabbos, the primary punishment is B'day Adam in court, whereas Yom, Tif, Yom Kippur, the primary punishment is Kares. Yeah, you can find other technicality, technical differences, but we're looking at them more broadly, and that would be the case. I wish you all a wonderful day.